Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. All right, here is the story. San Francisco, like other communities in this country, including Madison, San Francisco has, they are what they call a sanctuary city. Now, it means something different depending on what community you're in. But in San Francisco, what they say is as a matter of policy, they will not cooperate with federal immigration uh, officials when it comes to reporting people who are come into contact with local authorities who turn out to be people who are here in the country illegally. So so that's their policy. All right, so we, we focus now on a guy named Pedro Figueroa Zarcino, who is from El Salvador and lives in San Francisco. His car is stolen in November of 2015. Now let me back up. Before the guy's car is stolen, it appears that... Um, He was ordered deported in Texas in 2015, but um, never showed up for the deportation. So since since 2005, there's been a warrant out for him for failure to appear at an immigration hearing in Texas because he's illegally in the country. So he gets this notice to appear. He books on that. He skips on this. So there's been an outstanding warrant in Texas since 2005. In 2012, he was convicted for drunken driving, and there's been an outstanding warrant for him for drunken driving as well. All right, so that's the background, but he's he's never showed up for these things, so there are these warrants outstanding for him. 2015, his car is stolen. He reports the car as stolen to San Francisco authorities. Authorities eventually find the car. Hey, good news, we've got your car. Come on down. He goes down, he fills out to pick up the paperwork for the car, and he is arrested. Because what it turns out, San Francisco police run a background check on the guy, and it turns out that he's got these outstanding warrants, the drunk driving one, but more importantly, the failure to appear on the the deportation thing. So they find out that there's these outstanding warrants for his arrest. They notify Homeland Security, and when he shows up to pick up the car, Homeland Security is waiting there, and they arrest him, um, where he is subsequently then then detained because there's these warrants that are out for him. Um, His attorney say, well, yeah, yep, 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 yeah. He, he, he knows that he skipped out on this, this warrant, but he meant to file for asylum, and he intended to go through the hearing process, but he never got around to it. And, and he didn't, he never hurt, he knows he didn't show up at the deportation hearing, but, you know, they, they, never, they, they never contacted him. He didn't hear from authorities again, so he just thought all was forgiven and he went about it. But then he shows up and he ends up getting arrested. So what happens is he's, he's held in immigration custody for a couple months, and ultimately, I, he's still in the country, they, they, work, they work something out with, with the guy, but, but he is detained. Right. Why am I telling you this story? Well, San Francisco, like Madison, has this policy uh, regarding being a sanctuary city, and they, the policy is they, they're not going to cooperate with immigration. In this particular case, though, the officials, after running the background check, 
and finding out that there were outstanding immigration warrants did, in fact, notify Homeland Security. And the guy was arrested and he was detained for a couple months. Here is the headline in the story. San Francisco sued by car theft victim for allegedly violating the sanctuary city ordinance. Guy filed a suit in U.S. District Court seeking money, um, claiming that he was the victim of false imprisonment and that this was appalling. How dare the police cooperate with immigration officials? And the argument is, if you do things to other people like this guy, what you did to this guy, you will, people who are victims of crimes will be reluctant to come forward. People who um, are witnesses to crimes will be reluctant to come forward. And he's saying, hey, I want money to punish San Francisco from notifying authorities that there were outstanding warrants for me. Here I am. I'm a car theft victim. Next thing I know, I show up, and there's immigration people who are putting the bracelets on me. 414-799-1620, That is the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. What do you think about this guy's claim? I mean, does, does, does he have a case? San Francisco says, hey, we, we, we don't intend to cooperate. Um, but some police officials, once they find out there's a warrant, they do notify the authorities, and he is taken into custody. What do you think about his lawsuit? Was he, in fact, a victim, or does this sort of un- underscore how insane the whole sanctuary city process is? What do you think? 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. It's 1114. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1116, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Guy is in this country illegally. He's ordered deported in 2000. He's whistled before an immigration court in 2005 for the deportation proceedings. He skips out on it. So he's on the lam. There's a warrant out for him. Also gets arrested for drunk driving in 2012. Doesn't show up for that either. He lives in San Francisco. 2015, his car gets stolen. So he goes and he he complains to the cops. My car has been stolen. They find the car. And what happens in the interim is the police run a background check on him. They find out that he's got these outstanding warrants. You know, he's a fugitive from Texas for skipping out on the deportation thing. All right. They notify Homeland Security. Homeland Security is waiting when he shows uh, shows up to pick up his car, and they arrest him on these outstanding warrants. He's now suing, saying, hey, San Francisco shouldn't have done this. 414-799-1620. Mark in Bayview. Mark, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning, Jeff. Good topic. Um, uh, Well, you know what? He has a really good lawyer, and there's a loophole. They found a loophole that that we're going to have to shore up for, you know, future things that happen like this. Now, I have a question, though. Was he a... He was arrested in San Francisco. Was he from San Francisco? That's my first question. Yeah, he was. He was living. Well, not originally. Originally, he's from El Salvador or whatever. And then he's in Texas. Right. He was living in San Francisco at the time okay. his car was stolen. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Then another thing, though. So sanctuary cities, though, are technically breaking federal law. Yep. So they didn't actually break any law. A sanctuary city is just like how you know the pot thing is working out in Colorado. Yes, at any time the federal government could swoop down and shut down, you know, the pot stores, just like a sanctuary city. They're, they're not mandated right. to to 
follow the sanctuary city law, which really isn't a law. So right, that's, yeah. I just wanted to add that. No, see, and I see, and I agree with you. I mean, to me, that's this is this type of lawsuit where you know we, we always say you, anybody can sue anybody for anything. But I, right. I am not going to be too sympathetic to this situation. All right, here you have somebody who, in this particular case, he has an outstanding warrant for his arrest. He is a fugitive, and, and yeah. Okay, maybe the fact that he's a fugitive might make him less likely to report the fact that his car is stolen, but that's not my problem. It's not yours, Mark. It, no. it, he shouldn't be a fugitive in the first place. Thanks, thanks Jeff. Have a great Thank, day. Take sir. care. Bye-bye. I mean, that's, that is what is so insane about this entire thing. And again, I understand that the theory behind these communities, including Madison, and again, Madison's a little different than San Francisco, but the, the theory is, well, we don't, we don't want to discourage people from being willing to come forward and report if they're victims of crimes or cooperate because they're afraid that, you know, maybe they're going to be deported. Okay, I understand that in theory, but the reality is nobody is above the law. And in a case like this particularly, where it's not like the local police are doing a—it's not like they're initiating some sort of check to determine his legal status. All they're doing is running him through the computers, and it comes out, boom— there is an arrest warrant for him. How dare San Francisco, how dare Madison, how dare anybody make the decision that we are not going to honor valid arrest warrants that are out there for people who are fugitives from other jurisdictions? And I might add, let us assume, and again, this didn't happen in this case, but let us assume there is another situation like that, and you that the cops run the background check, find that there is an outstanding warrant, and then end up making the decision that they are not going to notify authorities and have the warrant executed, and the guy goes out two days later, gets drunk, kills a bunch of people in a car, or commits a murder on the streets of San Francisco. And then as authorities, you end up with blood on your hands. I mean, you cannot pick and choose which sort of warrants you are going to enforce and which you're not going to enforce. And as for the guy, I, I'm sorry, I appreciate that lawyers have their jobs to do, but the idea is, well, he knows he was in the country illegally, and, and he knew he had these outstanding warrants, and he, he kept meaning to go down and apply for asylum, but, you know, he never got around to it, and, and nobody ever notified him, meaning they couldn't find him because he split. All right. Okay, that, that's the fault of the system? I think not. 1121, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Is that a pothole or the Grand Canyon? We discuss. Stick around. Eleven twenty-three, Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. How will the Packers fix their problems on defense moving forward? Is there a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff? Greg Matzik, Jeff Falconio, and Wayne Larrabee discuss the off-season options on Packers playbook. It starts tonight at six oh seven. So I am driving on the northwest side of Milwaukee County the other day. I am happily motoring along, observing all traffic rules. Um, paying attention to the speed limit, listening to WTMJ, just completely and totally enjoying myself, and all of a sudden, whoop, big noise, I have hit a pothole. Now, I, it, was, it was like this loud thump to the point that the car kind of bottoms out. Now, thankfully, and I say this sincerely, Thankfully, there was no damage. The tire did not collapse. The rim is not dead. The alignment is, is not out of order. But it was whoop. And I admit, I did not see it coming. I guess as I look back, I kind of saw this indentation, but I, I did not realize it was going to be 
well, what, what it was. And since that happened, as I drive around, I've started paying more attention. And I understand we've had sort of a weird winter where it was warm for so long and then bitterly cold for a period of time and now warm. And it's that, that thaw-freeze-thaw cycle which causes potholes to develop. But as I have been driving around the area, I have come to the conclusion that in certain parts of this community and our listening area, it, it looks like a war zone. I mean, it looks like, you know— a, uh, imagine, you know, have we been being bombed? Now, there was a story on Channel 6 the other night um, in, in Wauwatosa that's talking about how there's this stretch of Wauwatosa where apparently part of it is part of part. It's an Underwood Parkway where you have the coyotes that come out and kill people's uh, pets. Um, apparently, there, there's a stretch. Part of it, this is like on 117th or 119th Street. Part of it is is governed by Wauwatosa. And the roads are really smooth, and part of it is covered by Milwaukee County, and it, it's like pothole central, and it looks like, uh, again, Dresden after the bombs fell. You know, these, these big holes are there. Hondo is nodding his head. You know exactly what I am talking about. 414. Okay, where's your area? Where's your pothole central? Leighton Avenue, west of the airport. Just a, a complete and total disaster. All right, this is your opportunity to vent, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, Milwaukee County says that um, if if you hit a pothole and if you are impacted by the crummy condition of the roads, you can file a claim with the Milwaukee County Clerk's Office. I But, but I, I will tell you, um, you, you should not necessarily get your hopes up about this. I understand maintaining roads, especially during the winter in Wisconsin, is always an issue and is always a challenge. But at the same time, there are areas in our listening area where I think the roads are darn near impassable because of the way they have been allowed to deteriorate. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Are there areas in the community where you're noticing? Folks in Wauwatosa are complaining about this area around Underwood Parkway. My producer's talking about Leighton Avenue west of the airport. I was on the northwest side, and again, my vehicle was almost eaten by this pothole that to call it a pothole would perhaps be doing potholes a disservice. You could perhaps call it a crater. As you drive around, are there areas that desperately need attention because they are eating cars, they are eating tires. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. And what got my attention on this was, again, I just, I admit, I did not see it. I didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden, boom, you've hit it. And by then, oftentimes, it is too late. Repair shops love this stuff. But for the rest of us, you kind of wonder why you pay taxes. 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Areas to watch out for, or more importantly, maybe areas that authorities should be paying attention to. Phil in Milwaukee. Phil, you're first. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. First time caller. Uh, really enjoy listening Thank to you guys you. while driving in the car. And watching out for potholes, I trust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and close attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, on Lisbon Avenue, uh, right around the Hendricks Park neighborhood, there's a lot of deep, big potholes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the biggest problem there is is I drive the speed limit, 30 miles per hour through there, right. and uh, people are going 60, 70 on that road. <laughs> and you often see the, 
the traffic lights are knocked over because somebody hit a pothole and then veered <laughs> off and ran into it, and it just hey, that's kind of a dangerous stretch of road with people speeding and then also the potholes. Right, and a lot of times, I mean, thanks to the call, Phil, and thanks for, for joining us for the first time. A, a lot of times, the thing with these potholes, like the one I hit the other day, you don't know that you're, you're dealing with a crater. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, sometimes, all right, if, if you're familiar with the stretch of road or whatever, you know, boom, I got to be really careful. But, but sometimes it's just, how, how is this here? Bridget in Glendale. Bridget, you're on 620 WTMJ. Yeah, I just have a complaint. I hit a, <laughs> my tire actually a couple months ago on Capitol Drive heading east near Port Washington Road. Oh, kind of right by our, kind of right, well, we're just right down the block from that. Yeah, yeah I, ca- I did call the county clerk and they had it fixed the next day, or filled in at least, so. Uh, did they did they help you out on your tire? Well, no, I didn't know there was an option and that wasn't offered to me, so. Uh, yeah. uh, you could, my understanding <laughs> is, I, I don't know what you have to do to collect, but I do know that you can file a claim. Um, oh, but <laughs> Yeah, again, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to collect, but at least you, you notified it. Okay, I, yeah. I will watch out for that area. I drive that from time to time. Angie in Milwaukee. Angie, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Well, good morning. It's interesting. I just left the city of Wauwatosa's City Hall Engineering Department Okay. because I hit a pothole attached to a sunken manhole cover (laughs) going northbound on 76th Street just at the borderline where Tosa East High School meets their playing field. Okay. A pothole attached to a sunken manhole. That probably did not do wonders for your car. Oh, no. I went upstairs, and I said, who do I speak to about having a repair done to my vehicle? She looked at me kind of like, what? She was from the engineering department, (laughs) and we discussed it. Oh, well, if you call, I said, ma'am, I just encountered the sinkhole. (laughs) It's as big as a meteor. (laughs) I said, and now when I take my car in, who's going to pay that bill? Uh Oh, well, let me give you... The city attorney's office number. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, good. I, I guess, Angie, you know, misery loves company. You are not alone. Good luck when you call the city attorney's office and, and see how that Thank works you. out. Um, good I'll l- let you know. Okay, so 76th near Tosa East High School. You are describing it as a crater made by a meteor, not a, pop, <laughs> not a pothole. Correct. Um, got it. Thanks for the call. We will. Um, I, I I need to do some other stuff before the program ends, but we will revisit pothole police in a while because I tell you, a lot of people have issues. Bottom line is, if you're out and about around here, you've got to be careful because uh, the, the road. Again, I appreciate it's difficult. You've got the freeze, thaw, that type of cycle. But um, motorists, beware. Eleven thirty-six. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. More than a million people across the country marched for women's rights this past weekend. What's next? Will the movement gain traction, or will it disappear? I think, actually, by the way, that's a fascinating issue. Um, is this going to be the liberal Tea Party, or is it going to be something that just kind of blows away? And, and the interesting thing is because if you look at that women's march, and there, there were a ton of people that were there, it. It was people from all sorts of divergent groups. It wasn't people united around a particular cause other than the fact that they don't like Donald Trump. You know, but yet you had people with all these different interests that were there. Um, will 
will this will these groups stay together or will they kind of factionalize is a dislike of Donald Trump enough to unite all these various groups now in Wisconsin we saw this whole thing play out where you had the the anti Scott Walker forces oh we're going to rally around act 10 and of course act 10 was was the the cause but ultimately those groups ended up breaking up as well anyhow learn more about that tune into WTMJ today at 12:35 my dear friend Jane Matnair um, we were talking potholes off the air, and she said that that lady that called up, Angie, who said that she just, like, <laughs> destroyed her tire hitting a pothole on Capitol Drive right by Port Washington Road heading east. Um, she called. She said it was fixed the next day. According to Jane, she probably needs to call again because it's about it's back. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, – okay. We do pay a lot of taxes around here, no question about it. All right, if you're relatively new to the program, if you listen to me in the afternoon – um, one of the things about this show is is we talk about I, I talk about things that I think will be of interest to you that are of an interest to me and and we we talk about like heavy duty topics you know we spend a lot of time on various political issues we also talk about I, I don't know legal issues just uh, and then stuff that affects us all like like driving around hitting potholes but I I, I I am always one of the things I'm fascinated by is is cultural trends and and changes and the way people look at life and the way people live and the choices that we all make. And I, because I think you always want to be ahead of trends. You always want to try to figure that out. But if you can figure out what's motivating people, um, you, you can get some insight as to what's going to happen. Donald Trump, for example, if we want to use the political thing, he understood what pollsters didn't understand, what political pundits, my hand up in the air among them, did not understand, and what kind of the chattering class didn't understand. He understood that there was there was this section of America, for example, who for whom the politicians didn't speak to. Democrats are just they just they do not understand, you know, what what happened in this election. And while while some of them are just continuing outrage, oh, this was like the Russian hacking. No, I mean what what happened was. Donald Trump tapped into this kind of populist sentiment that's out there, that stuff that had been going on just, you know, what wasn't reflective of of mainstream America. So while you had a lot of traditional, for example, Democratic voters, and Democrats were talking about, gee, we we want to focus on whether the transgender student should have the absolute right, the the 16-year-old biological boy who calls himself a girl should have the right to go into a girl's locker room and, and change their clothes in front of the other biological girls, Okay, that that was this big issue. You know, mainstream America was talking about jobs and things like that. It's that populist sentiment that Trump tapped into, which, uh, again, that was a that was a trend. That was something going on that that people did not see. So I'm always fascinated by what those trends are. And if you can figure if you can figure them out, you'll be able to, I think, make better predictions as to what life is going to look like two years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. One of the things that I am intrigued by is where people choose to live. For the longest time, the the American dream was, okay, you you start out maybe when you're young, you, you live like in an urban area, and then you get married, you have a family, you move out to the suburbs, you buy the house, you get the station wagon, you get the dog, you've got the 2.3 kids. It, it was that trend towards suburbia. And that's that's what was driving a lot of things. And that's what was driving, I think, a lot of the exodus 
from you know urban areas because people you know you, they wanted to get out of the city they wanted more space they wanted all those things now lately that trend has been if if not stopping that trend has been reversing and you have more and more cities that have been transformed by by millennials who are are moving in to the, the city and you know that's the whole push between behind these like walkable neighborhood concepts and stuff and and the idea that you know we're not going to need cars in the future because you're going to have all the young people the millennials in this case you know moving into the urban areas and they're they're not they're they're going to want to get on a trolley that goes 2.1 miles because that's what their lifestyle is going to be. It's going to be surrounding, you know, their home base. So it doesn't matter if it only goes 2.1 miles because that's where they're going to be living. There's going to be shopping, there's going to be bars, there's going to be restaurants. That's that's the the trend. And it's been young people instead of once, you know, you get married or whatever and you move out to the burbs, you 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 move a, into the these areas. That's also been accompanied by the fact that you have more and more empty nesters. The, the folks who have had the big house in the burbs, kids are gone, it's just the two of them, and now they're deciding, you know what, I don't need this big house. Um, I want to move down into the city. I, I want to get the condo. I want to be within walking distance of you know the different restaurants and things like that. So the millennials and then the empty nesters have been fueling this this growth towards towards the city. There's some new studies that are out though that are suggesting that for cities who are making decisions based on what's going on now, the fact that you have the younger people who are flocking into the urban areas and staying for longer periods of time, um, that that, what has been going on for the last few years, is unlikely to continue. Matter of fact, there's this one study, I'm looking at a story in the New York Times, that, that says that what they call the, they have now reached what they call the peak millennial. And what they're saying is that over the next couple years, Growth in demand for urban living is, is likely to stall, and what they anticipate seeing is that just like has happened in future generations, more and more of those millennials who moved into the downtown area, um, while it's happening as they get a little bit older, it, the, the truth is they're going to be reverting back to what the baby boomers did, and they're going to be now starting to say, okay, we, we want to move out to the, the suburbs. Right now, demand for these urban areas is probably as high as it has ever been. But a lot of people are now saying that that is not going to continue moving forward. All right. I'm intrigued by this. 414-799-1620. 800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. All right. Look into your crystal ball. What do you think that the future is for urban areas that have... And again, I'm not talking about the high crime areas, but I'm talking about, you know, the, the areas that have been redeveloped in different communities, the, the, the areas that are hot and trendy now, where lots and lots of young people are choosing to move. They're renting and paying high amounts of rent, or maybe, you know, they're buying the small space condos. Is that something that is going to continue, or have we reached the, the peak millennial and is that going to revert itself to itself, and are we going to see more and more of the younger people who want to live in the urban areas now doing what, I don't know, people have done for generations beforehand? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. And if you are 
one of those millennials that we were talking about, I'd be particularly interested in speaking to you. Uh, let's start with Mike in Muskego. Mike, you're first. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm 30 years old, and I, I'm i on my second house, and I couldn't wait to get further and further out of the city. Um, you know, I started on the east side of Milwaukee for college, was able to get further and further away. Mm-hmm. I work in the city, but I'm noticing a lot of my younger buddies in their 20s and stuff just don't want to leave the city and are looking at buying condos and houses in Milwaukee. So Let me ask you this. Your, your buddies that are in that that, that, that group— um, are they married with kids, or are they predominantly single? Um, they're getting married. Okay. You know, their girlfriends and fiancés want to stay in the city. I'm more of an outdoorsy type, so I right. like being in the country, and these guys are, you know, like the bar scene and right. like the restaurants and everything, so I want to stay near it. Right. I, it's going to be interesting to me how that's going to play out, even after they get married, once, you know, once kids start, you know, coming on the horizon, whether they're going to want to raise kids in the urban environment or whether they're going to want the lawn and, and all those things in the in the suburbs that people have wanted historically. That'll be definitely a life-changing uh, decision when it comes. Yeah, thanks for that. Amen to that. Mickey in Milwaukee. Mickey, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. My thought is, I recently moved to Milwaukee from Manitowoc. Manitowoc has got 32,000 people, a lot right. smaller. I love Manitowoc, by the way. I think that's a, you've got a great downtown area up there. Oh, absolutely. I go back as often as I can. But muted in are there. I, as a citizen of Milwaukee now, I live on the River West section of town, right. which isn't exactly the busiest, but it's an apartment living situation. Right. Now, I have access to everything. I'm five minutes from here, ten minutes from here, whatever it is, but... As I'm getting older now, well, maybe I want to have a barbecue and have friends over. How do you do that in an apartment living situation? Right. And there's the way the society has changed in the last 10 years with everything being at your fingertips at all times. You can go online and get your groceries delivered. You can go online and get your household cleaners delivered. You don't have to go to the the stores anymore. That's the kind of mindset the kids that are coming up out of college now are living in. That's Mm -hmm. their world. Right. Well, when you get a little older and your priorities change, you don't need to go to the biggest club anymore. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to have that time to decompress. And sometimes that there's a big appeal to going back to your smaller areas or your more close knit areas and get out of the city. But, Mickey, don't why did you? Wrong. Why did you? Why did you move? Why did you move from Manitowoc down to Milwaukee? Was it job change or just you just wanted a life change? A little bit of both, okay. actually. Um, it was a, I've been doing the same thing for how many years, and let's try something new. And uh-huh. Milwaukee has always been the big city, you know, okay. those kids in Manitowoc. And I didn't go to college down here. I went to a university in Minnesota. But we, as a family, have always lived in the city of Manitowoc. But we'll change, you know, something right. different. And like I say, Milwaukee's a beautiful city. It's got great resources, amazing entertainment museums, all kinds of different culture. It's awesome. I love Milwaukee. But again, downtown, do I need that traffic every day? If I want to have my right. friends over with their kids, do they have a place to play? Not really. Right. You know? Right, right, right. So you're thinking of not necessarily leaving Milwaukee, but maybe kind of, I don't know, a little bit more space, maybe some of the burbs or something like that, huh? Some of the burbs or like a little further east or yeah. north or, you know, just something to get out of all the traffic sometimes. Yeah, no, inter- thanks. I, I, see, this is one of the things, and again, 
what you want to, you always want to be there there is an incredible construction there, there's a real renaissance going on in certain areas of downtown Milwaukee and I think it's 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 sort of fun to watch and I hope it succeeds I the thing I find myself wondering though is whether or not this all this explosion of apartment buildings and things that are going on and condos to a lesser extent but apartment buildings more, more so whether this is are we chasing yesterday's trend is there really going to be continuing demand you know for this or are we going to revert back more to our historical norms? And and I do understand one of the other things that's fueling this, particularly some of the high-end stuff, is like I was talking about, it's the empty nesters, the folks that you know have the big house in, in Mequon or have the big house in, in Brookfield or whatever and you know want to stay in the area, but they, they want to be close to the, the restaurant scene. They want to be close to the bar scene. So they're looking at perhaps, you know, they, they want to be able to say, hey, I, I want to go to catch some Bucks games or Marquette games or whatever. Um, I want to live, you know, closer into the city, I just, um, I wrestle with these decisions. <laughs> I wrestle with these decisions myself. But interesting trend, a lot of demo- dem- demographers think that th- this whole explosion towards the millennials moving in the city has has peaked. We'll see. 1150, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1153, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. You know, our last caller was talking about, or our last caller, Mickey, was talking about how she moved from Manitowoc down to you know the River West area because she wanted a more urban environment. Um, I, there are some beautiful neighborhoods down in River West, but the uh, uh, I, just, I, just, I pulled out this story. Um, if you leave your car out on the street in Milwaukee's River West neighborhood, uh, be prepared. Recent barrage of car break-ins going on there. Uh, you have apparently vandals that are coming, breaking car windows. Um, sometimes, you know, people going into the cars and trying to steal what's in them. Sometimes just breaking the stuff for the sense of breaking the stuff. Um, and I understand it's tough because they're very good neighborhoods. And, you know, the, the message that goes out is, hey, we don't want people getting scared to live here. But the reality is... People do have a lot of different choices, and if your choice is living in a community where, while crime is everywhere, there's not as great a chance that you're going to come out one morning and find, you know, your windshield caved in and your car ransacked, well, that's that's what causes people to decide maybe city living isn't that great after all. It's 1154. I'm going to talk to Eric Bilstadt next, find out what he's got on his mind for WTMJ Today. Please stick around. 1157, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Eric Bilstadt in the house. WTMJ hello. today is next. Hello, hello. Good morning and almost good afternoon to you. Yes, sir. I got to take my little dog in to get her groomed. This is her once a month grooming. So. Okay, now does she like this? Yeah, I think she does. Yeah. I mean, I, I just drop her off. But yeah, she, 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 I think she likes it. The, the lady that does it, she said the same lady forever. So yeah, so I think, I, I think she likes it. But she, we, we've always done it in the morning. This is the first time, because normally it's been 8.30. Oh, but now that 8.30 doesn't work up. for me. So now it's, so if people wonder what the big time radio star does in the afternoon, <laughs> he's taking his dog up to get, get her groomed. You yeah, know? The rest of us are dealing with kids going to the dentist, <laughs> running to the doctor for something. And here you got to 4 a.m. She had me up to take her out. So that was 4 a.m. But I got That's even. I got for you. It is. I got her up at seven fifteen. She was in a dead sleep, and I said, "Okay, now I got to take you for a walk before I come to work." What you got on the show? Lots to talk about, including what's happening at Lincoln Hills. Of course, yep. there's news that popped last night. The Journal Sentinel had it, and now we're learning more details about a lawsuit that's going to be one of our four at ones, and some Oscar talk. And here's why: there are local connections to the Oscars. A young gentleman named Justin Hurwitz who went to Nicolet, uh-huh. your alma My mater. Alma mater. Uh, Michelle Richards spoke with his father. 
And there is a Wisconsin connection specifically to the song that he has created and, and written Ooh. that has gotten a nod now for the Oscars. So I'm going to tell you about that coming up during WTMJ Trending. I will be listening. Stick around. It's 11.59. I am out of time. We do this every day starting at 8.30. I'm back 8.30 tomorrow morning when we do it all again. Thanks so very much for listening. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.